Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one death of a salesman minute at a time. I'm Nick Menes in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. Uh, and I'm Pete the Retailer. And uh, today we are going back to minute number 32, which starts with Biff looking as his taxi drives away and uh, ends with a very Gil from the Simpsons looking Marty McFly coming home from work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, so Biff, Biff, Biff just like watches Marty tie his shoes for a while. Um, <laughs> which is fun. They do this really cool. We were talking about the, uh, the editing trick that they did yesterday uh, with the, with the miniature and then they cut to the practical DeLorean on the crane. Right. Yes. And uh, here they do an interesting in-camera trick oh, where yeah. Biff, where, where, where Biff is standing on the left side of the frame and the taxi cab is a practical taxi cab. Mm-hmm. And then as the taxi cab drives away, Biff crosses the frame so that when the taxi is on the other side of him, it's then the composited miniature. Yeah, I see. Nice. It's, totally, it's a Biff wipe. Yeah, it's a Biff wipe. <laughs> Last week we talked about Biff ripples. Now we've got Biff wipes. Um, yeah, no, it's it's I I I like that. I love that trick. Mm. Um, it kind of yeah. goes back to what we were talking about yesterday about eighty five fifteen. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that movies don't have to do anymore, and it it just makes it. I don't know. It makes it. They make them kind of like less. It makes stuff like this a little less magical, I think. Yeah, I, I was watching this really interesting video uh, from, from from this guy called The Nostalgia Critic. I don't know how familiar our listeners are with his work, but um, he had this editorial video about visual effects, and he really made some really interesting points that I've kind of been thinking about, like, since I saw the movie, I mean, since I saw the video yesterday about, like, how... You know, the, the, the Tyrannosaurus in Jurassic Park was an animatronic and a computer when when each of those was the most effective means of selling the scene, you know, selling the illusion. And um, and, and I think that's what really makes guys like Zemeckis and Spielberg true, like kind of like still esteemed masters of making this kind of movie that everyone's making, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. So Biff uh, walks over to the dumpster, which is uh, part of the re- like waste recycling station fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, it's the future ass- we have recycling. Yeah, I assume this has something to do. So when Tony Thaxton was on the show, Pete, mm-hmm. um, we talked about he he was on the show during the alley scene, and we talked about. How uh, there's a there's a dumpster in the alley with all of these cubes next to it, and the dumpster says Fusion Industries on it, and we realize that the dumpster was a giant Mister Fusion, or the Mister Fusion is a mini version of this dumpster, uh-huh. and what the dumpster does is it eats the garbage and turns it into energy that that charges the whole building in downtown. Hill Valley. Mm-hmm. And so this is another, this waste recycling station uh, is another, I assume, like charge station for the entire uh, neighborhood mm-hmm. or, or at least one of them. Maybe they're all numbered and this is just number 14. Right. Um, for oh, like H. this block of houses, but. And the but, H uh, and the D are Hilldale. Huh? 
So right. HD oh yeah, 14. yeah. You're right. It did say Hilldale, and it's in shadow, so it's hard to see. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I just think uh, another another like interesting like weird practical detail that they put into these movies. Where totally. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Everything runs on garbage. It's great. <laughs> um, and it's interesting too because it it having everything run on garbage is like the ultimate like the ultimate great thing for people in the 80s who were you know they were called the me generation and like they were very you know everyone says like they were kind of like a self-centered generation and right. and so the idea of that generation creating power that runs on garbage is basically like now I can throw out whatever I want. <laughs> My waste now matters. Yeah, yeah, I can be as wasteful as I want, you know. Um, and so I, I like you know. that as a detail of like the there, ultimate future. There can't be trash if you don't buy anything and throw it away. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Totally making um, turning a disposable culture into a into a benefit. Right, See, exactly. So I guess the thing about our where we went is, you know, our our culture has become just as disposable. It's just become a lot less physical. Right. Now, like, we don't have to throw away our CDs. We just, like, don't have to play them anymore, yeah. you know? You just never really have it, so it's okay. Yeah, you've never had it to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Marlene's accordion shorts. Of course, yeah. Are, are those shorts <laughs> or are they, is that a skirt? I think they're shorts. They're, I think they're just, like, kind of, like... I think they're Ellie Sadler length shorts. Okay. Yeah. 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 It looks like there's a seam. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Once um, she turned around, yeah. Nice pair of legs on Michael J. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the That's why I think you're right. I, I think guess Mar Marlene's a runner. Yeah. Is that Michael J. Fox at this point, or is there a? Uh yeah no there that's Michael J. Fox. All right. You think um, that. It Cause yeah, because there's no one doubling. There's there's not another Michael J. Fox in the shot. So. Right, exactly. All right. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, good legs on Michael J. Fox, or uh, potentially nice pair of legs on um, Michael J. Fox's double. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I I think what Grandma Lorraine is wearing is interesting. Yeah, uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. Not a kimono. It, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, like like a, a short, short kimono. kimono shirt, like a kimono top. Um, because it's not, the sleeves aren't baggy. The sleeves are tapered. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Yeah. Um, but it definitely ties off like a, like a kimono robe. But mm -hmm. it's short. And she's got those great, like, old lady pants. Yeah. So it's almost like a smoking jacket or something. So it's like a... Yeah, it's a little Hugh hefner -y. Yeah. Yeah. Lorraine has a lot more in common with Hugh Hefner than I think most people would realize. <laughs> I also love that George's shirt has two sets of buttons down the front in the way that all the dress shirts have to have two ties. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I love that everything is just in twos and that makes it futuristic. Well, it's like, you know, taking one of those simple, it's like, you know, who knows why some fashions exist. And so, I mean, the fact that we have ties at all you know is is a ridiculous enough kind of uh, stack of of historical quirks mm -hmm. so just to have it like all right so at some point two sure why not yeah and we know it's the future right. my time since graduating college i've learned that um, in most businesses a tie and a jacket are kind of like 
it, it's sort of like a one or the other situation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I, I found that if I'm wearing a shirt and a jacket, it, people usually don't call me out on not wearing a tie. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're just mm-hmm. wearing the shirt and no jacket, then you better be wearing a tie. And also, yeah, you look like a like a freaking goober. Right. Now, what if you're wearing just the jacket and the tie, no shirt? Um, that's for after work. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, that was my my sole uh, kind of acknowledgement of uh, Back to the Future Day last uh, November. Was I wore two ties that day and. Uh, nice. Oh, nice. Uh, so, somewhat subtle. I got a couple of weird looks and then a couple of knowing glances. And <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh <laughs> no, my God, I get that. Can <laughs> uh, no, we record great. on Back to the Future Day? No. I didn't no, do anything. I, I, I took a break. Yeah, I think I just played the Back to the Future game. Well, so you're you're meant to celebrate it by taking the day off and not not affecting the, your future in any way. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was kind of my like Yom Kippur from Back to the Future. Right. So uh, I will say this kitchen table uh, has to be the least futuristic thing I've ever seen. Um, it's, I mean, it's that's that's just a that's an early 90s table it's like just, it's just a bedroom you know minus the freaking atrium that comes from the ground right uh, they're from the ceiling oh well yeah right but that's not the table that's the right. uh, yeah that's the garden center fruit dispenser <laughs> uh, i'm glad that that we put that much of a emphasis on eating fruit in the future or the past well, well if you remember there there's that whole thing where where uh uh produced like like actually grown fruit is a big deal in the future because there's that whole there's that store uh in the in the square that sells organic fruit um because there's a there's a like a big like gmo problem Hmm. um and uh because if you look in the cafe 80s there's those giant there's the giant fruit on the on the shelf um like there's like huge bananas, like hmm. bananas like as bi- as big as your arm, and, and, uh, and <laughs> I hope uh, that's their slogan. Yeah, and an apple. <laughs> bananas and, as big as your arm. Yeah, and an apple, an orange as big as your head or bigger. Um, they're <laughs> they're bigger. huge. And then there's this organic uh, fruit store, which is like, yeah, we know we grew this in dirt. Like that's like their slogan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so it makes sense that they would have this this thing because they wouldn't just buy their fruit from the store because who's got room for giant fruit that wouldn't probably wouldn't even last. Right. Like, you know, right. you open the banana, like unless you're going to eat that entire arm of a banana, <laughs> you know, well, then it becomes like a meal thing. Like who's going to carve the banana and you serve <laughs> right, it to everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Um, vegetarian Thanksgiving. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I like I really like the the garden center um, the garden center thing. I I I garden garden center fruit dispenser. It <laughs> looks for some reason the, every time I see it, the first thing that always comes to mind is E.T. the ride. Interesting. I'll, I'll never know it, why. Okay, <laughs> it looks like something that's on that ride when you get to E.T.'s home planet. Wait, oh. you go to E.T.'s home planet and E.T. the ride? Yeah. What's it like? It's like that freaking <laughs> garden center thing. I guess that makes sense. And there's a bunch of different other uh, E.T. aliens and they all look like mushroom people and they sing and dance. Wait, none of them look like E.T.? 
No, none of them look like E.T. They <laughs> all look that? like happy cartoon mushroom people. Why don't any of the other things on E.T.'s planet look like E.T.? Was E.T. the only <laughs> E.T. on his planet? I don't know. E.T. was an alien even on his own planet. Wait, no, 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 wait, wait. We he, was saw... like, he was like the Superman of his own planet. <laughs> we saw we saw the outlines of other E.T.'s like waddling up the ship, right, at one point? Yeah, yeah. we did. Or at the, at the beginning even, yeah, right? when they're all kind of like walking around. I think the idea of the E.T. ride was that it was meant to feel like a Disney ride. And so they wanted it to feel kind of like a like a it's a small world after all Mm. kind of thing. Because because the ride was produced by Steven Spielberg. So I could totally see that being his go to like reference point. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, yeah, they have to be like happy and and dancey and singy because that's how rides work at theme parks. Does the ride start with your parents talking about getting a divorce? (laughs) <laughs> uh kind of close i mean you get you get chased by the the creepy fbi people oh okay cool yeah and then and you're on the bikes and then you ride the bike over the city and you're and you cross the moon and oh so they give it to you right away like, we know yeah yeah it's the whole thing. okay now uh, are you sure that that was his home planet I th- that's true that's very because true. there is a book et the book of the green planet which is oh, like a follow-up Excuse That's me. the that is the planet that you go to. I think is called the Green Planet. Yeah, and I think I don't think that was his planet. I think that was like another planet that they knew of that had weird lizards and mushroom people and that needed like help or something. Yeah, I don't, That's... I don't, I never actually read it, but That's interesting. I, I huh. know that it exists. Did you ride the ET ride? Have you ever ridden the ET ride? No, I'm, I'm not a ride guy, and I, don't, I never. Okay. I I just rode Star Tours for the first time like last year. Alex and I went there. Oh, so. that's right. I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. I forgot you weren't a ride guy. Um, yeah, that that it definitely looks like it's from this. It's a similar design to the Green Planet. Well, that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's all kind of under the Amblin umbrella, right? Yeah, like how every J.J. Abrams monster looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um. So yeah, so then we get uh, exposition queen Grandma Lorraine, of course, uh, monologuing about the exact moment that Marty's life was destroyed, um, the accident that caused a chain reaction. Yeah, uh, it's the most expositiony exposition I think in any of these movies. I think. Well, it's just why are you telling? Why are you telling her this? It, yeah, it's this very is the story of when your dad started being an awful person. Right. It's very clunky. Now, in the paradox draft, yeah. it's a conversation between George and Lorraine, mm-hmm. kind of like going back and forth. It's like a dialogue. Yeah. Um, and it's it is a it's still clunky, but it's not as clunky because at least it like it feels a little more natural because it's not a monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason that Lorraine is saying it is probably because the actor who's playing George in this can only keep up his Crispin Glover impression <laughs> for like a, a sentence before he loses it or something. It, it's right. it's like most people with impressions, you know, you right. can really only do like one or two phrases, right? Unless you're on Saturday Night Live, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so I imagine that that's why it's her monologuing now. Cause the paradox draft was written around the time that Crispin Glover said he was, he agreed to come back before he, uh, uh, okay, gotcha. he 
then said that he wasn't going. He he's they he said, I want I want twice as much as what Michael J. Fox is being paid. OK, well, we're not doing that. OK, never mind. I take it back. I'll be in it. OK, great. And they wrote that draft. And then he said, actually, no, I want twice as much as what Michael J. Fox. Is being paid. <laughs> um, so uh, he did. Sort that's of kind of what um, that's kind of what Sony did with Tobey Maguire with Spider-Man 2. Uh no, that was about his back. Because uh, he he hurt his back on Sea Biscuit. Oh, okay, I heard a that's what that, that joke is. Spider Man Two when he when he drops from the sky and lands on on the the trash can and then is walking away and you hear the and he's like oh my back like that's <laughs> it's a it's a, re, it's a joke reference to his Sea Biscuit accident. Oh huh. good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Although you just gave me half a second of picturing Crispin Glover as Spider-Man, which <laughs> I think it was Jake Gyllenhaal originally. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, yeah. That's they literally cast him as Spider-Man, and then at the last minute, uh, Tobey Maguire was like, "I think I can do it as long as we do all the Peter Parker stuff early in the schedule, right? And the Spider-Man stuff later. I think I can do it." And they're like, "Okay." So then they brought him back. <laughs> so, sorry, Jake. <laughs> it's okay. Jake Gyllenhaal would have had a very Different career, I feel like. Oh, I don't think he would have played the Prince of Persia. So yeah, he got his franchise, <laughs> and it sure worked did. out well for everybody. Uh, I love the detail of George because he's upside down. Uh, George has to keep fixing his hair because he doesn't understand how gravity works. Which is which is quintessentially very George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, there's the weird, uh, so is that a, tie, a callback to, you know, uh, if there's something wrong with gravity in the 20th century? Or what, what is the, what's the line, the exact Oh, line? yeah. There, yeah, he says heavy, and he's like, is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? Right. Um, it's not really a callback, probably, but. Yeah. Hey, force of <laughs> I gravity. Mean, it's, it isn't so appearance. much as they both involve gravity. Right. It's an illusion. <laughs> um. I love this gag of how uh, Marty Jr. is just like, hey, mom. Hey, mom. Nice pants. <laughs> nice pants, see, mom. Yeah, see, you're start saying that more. I, like I could lot. watch an hour of Elizabeth Shue taking in new information. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, just really? so watchable. Mom? She's she's giving this this whole, like, you know, 40 minute segment of this movie that she if I was watching the dailies of her footage like in a projector room I would think that she's like in a universal horror movie I know <laughs> yeah well first she's, she's got the psycho shot and then she's like yeah oh, like but like the, the shot of her being called mom is like straight out of like a, a Dracula movie <laughs> yeah and and she's so why why is she reacting like that to him saying well, I imagine it's like insane for like a seventeen-year-old to be called mom, right? Like on a visceral level. I mean, you know. I I guess that's true. Yeah, but I mean, she understands that she's in the future, right? So yeah, but I mean, that would oh. that would that would I mean like if if like a if like a seventeen-year-old person. Okay, Scott, imagine that a thirty-one-year-old man called you dad, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That could be a different situation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the, the TV thing is weird. I always the, hated that. The TV well, thing is weird, but it's interesting because it's a thing that actually happened in the 90s. And the, 
around the early 90s, DirecTV started this thing uh, where they would allow you to do split screen with up to four screens. Really? Yeah, with up to four screens. And it was called, um, what was it called? Awful. Game something? (laughs) Game Mix. So the point of it was that you could watch four games at a time. Like at an airport or a bar. No, well, no, like, well, I mean, presumably, but also at home. Yeah, no, yeah, but that, that, that experience of, right, yeah. right. But, but, but you wouldn't hear them all at the same time. What you would do is you would use your remote to scroll through each screen and which screen was highlighted was the sound you would hear. Huh. Hmm. Sounds kind of like Ozymandias's like fortress. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. It does. It Although, does seem like Marty Jr. should be petting like a giant cat thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. This but, but there there is something very like I don't know, there like I kind of feel like the Bobs are almost kind of like making a jab at Generation X. Like, yeah, they're just gonna watch six TV screens at once, not even giving a shit, staring at it. <laughs> well it is, because it I mean at the time we didn't have two hundred and forty seven channels either. That yeah. seemed like a ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. And like, like the were, whole Yeah, we were beginning maybe, to see the beginning of like the Beavis and Butthead, like couch potato movement right mm-hmm. like i don't think we had passed 100 at that point i could be wrong but to have you know the weather channel on 247 is uh the height uh, of decadence yeah <laughs> whereas now you know who knows we've i don't think who we've knows passed what the 10, height of decadence yet. is anymore yeah so i was looking at all six of these screens that he puts up yes and uh the first one it, it looks like a skier with a parachute Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm I'm wondering if that's like the only the only situation I can picture that being a thing is like maybe it's like a James Bond movie or something. I was thinking the kind of like a you know crazy things people do type show. Oh yeah, it could be like a parasailing kind of. Oh, like parasailing, but on on snow. snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, but, then, but, but, is, but would they do that or like would they go out of their way to go like film that or would they just use stock footage, you know? They would use stock footage. This is all stock footage. Yeah. yeah. Or somebody's home movies. I mean, th- I mean, the second screen movies. is like the, the nuclear like freaking like Ayatollah testings. Yeah, he's just watching a nuclear explosion. He's watching the birth yeah. of Godzilla. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand what that's about. Um, and then a weird he, commercial for the TV. super and oh, it's got they say a naughty word, yeah, yeah, yeah the super inflatable tit, yeah. but they put it in um, quotes, so it's not as long as they're quoting, it's okay, yeah, because it, I assume it's actually like a TIT or whatever, <laughs> but um, it's from the bottoms up store, which is in the uh, in the in the uh, uh, Hill Valley Square, and mm-hmm. it's the uh, in and out plastic surgery place. So it's, uh, it's for the, this is the, the super inflatable tit is, uh, it's a breast implant. Um, and, uh, it, it says, it says, uh, for the, what, what, what did they, what did they say? It's for, um, intended for that last minute adjustment. <laughs> well, whatever it is, it's 50% off. Yeah. It's 50% off. It's uh two for the price of one. Get it? Oh, um, yeah, and and then it it eventually it changes to oh, uh, like one of those like order now and get and get for free or whatever the headlight tit yeah 
Yeah. What does that one do? It lights uh, up. They, their headlights. Uh, I guess that could be useful, like if you're like in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine them working like the, uh, you know, like those, those, uh, those push lights, like the. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Just like you have to like push them in. Yeah, right. yeah. The big like dot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it would just be yeah, it would just be those bit attached to like a bra. Yeah. No, no, no. They're implants. Oh, oh right. they're, they're in your human flesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're breast implants. So um, you would you would you would push in your actual breast, breast. and then yeah, and then they yeah. would turn into headlights. Your titties. Um, yeah. looks like there's yeah, some white. It's, t- it's it's very it's very adolescent humor from the pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some white supremacists in the bottom left hand screen. Is that what that is? You know what's funny is it was on a robot lady, and then when he tilted the screen, the channel changed. Yeah, it starts with like a like a gynoid, like, like a uh, weird, like crazy, like Soriyama, like robot lady, and then it cuts to like a prison riot or something, and uh, yeah. like you know, uh, they want their want their money or something like that. They say, yeah. um, and then the like other screen is like a cartoon, like an anime. Yeah, that thing. It's really weird. The middle, the bottom middle screen. Is easily like the weirdest one. Kind of like it. Al- it almost looks like the animation between segments of like Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, almost. or like a or like a, like a like a flock of seagulls video or something. Yeah, and then, like the we- and then the phone cord or something, and then like a and then a car. An eyeball? I don't know. A car drives away. I want to watch that channel. And then there's and then there's the eighteen. I get that. <laughs> and then there's the weather channel, but then the weather channel changes into like a Rankin and Bass stop motion special. But hmm. it still might be weather because like the, the one of the puppets is holding a thing that says rain. Oh, <laughs> so it might just be like the puppet weather Rankin channel. Rankin and Bass, they just do the weather channel now. If I could change one thing about Back to the Future Part 2, I would digitally go in and make one of the screens play a trailer for the walk. <laughs> uh, yeah i um and then you hear the robot voice welcome home marty which yeah it just which i love you know and things from the future you know when they're predicting the future and some things are way off in the forward sense but then some things are way behind mm-hmm. i like that this is one of those uh we were we were already past that robot voice like Mid nineties, within a couple of years after this movie came out. Yeah. yeah. Well, Siri's kind of we're not we're not afraid of Siri. No, I mean we we didn't give up on robot voices, but we we've, we've we have better ones. Oh, right. Too yeah. long after that. Right. Much better ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. I. 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 It. It is. It is hard for me to connect and i mean we'll talk about it more so tomorrow but it's really hard for me to connect our hero marty mcfly to this this idiot that walks in the door yeah who 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 enters enters the house by saying dad's home hello (laughs) like um how shitty do you does the bob do the bobs thing human get humans get like as we get older (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I don't know because because I, I think that 
I mean, I think that they're about the age at this point. I think they're about the age of Marty in 2015. I think they're in their 40s. Yeah. By this point. Hmm. Um, or at least late 30s. So I don't know. It's it just I don't I, I think one of my biggest problems with this movie, because like, I don't like that Michael J. Fox plays, you know, four different roles uh, uh, when you include um, uh, Seamus, uh, <laughs> which I always but, will. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like that he plays four different roles. Um, I wish they were all different actors, but more than anything, I don't understand this Marty performance. Like, I just don't, I don't get how our Marty grows up to be this guy. Well, there's the Which automobile accident. And to the point, right, the to an like, extent, you know, I guess but, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's know, a, yeah. You know, it, it's, it had to be extreme in order for it to be, you know, a, a kind of deciding for him to be like, I have to not end up like that. So I have to do something. Yeah. Right. Because I guess, I, and and I guess, in the world of Back to the Future, like it would make more sense for him. And I guess that is Back to the Future's interpretation, as opposed to like the dad from the Spectacular Now, you know, mm-hmm. like playing it a bit more broad, right? Well, well, well not even a bit more broad, but like significant. Right. Yeah, way, <laughs> <laughs> way broad. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's all I got for the minute itself. And I already yeah. talked about the difference in the paradox draft, but, uh, in the 67 draft, continuing our adventure there, um, when we last left Jennifer, she was outside the McFly house in a bush. Mm-hmm. Um, she is now, uh, peeking out of the bushes and looking through a side window where we meet Doris McFly, who is, uh, the Marlene in this movie, who is, as you remember, um, uh, overweight and uh, covered in acne, uh-huh. is is uh, the way that she's described in this. And big breasted. Don't forget big breasted. Um, that <laughs> was a so very sad. important note that it uh, mentioned. Um, so it was going to be. I imagine it was going to be very much a like uh, big mama's house kind of moment for my kind of clump situation. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we see Jennifer's POV through the window. And if it wasn't bad enough the way they describe Jennifer, Doris comes from the kitchen with a tray of food. On the tray is a chocolate sundae loaded with whipped cream, a pile of fudge brownies, and a tub of fried chicken. Oh. And she's wearing mismatched clothes, which make her look even worse. Or or cooler. it cuts back to Jennifer and she says, Oh God, she doesn't even know how to dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. So then, uh, Doris sits, sits on a futon sofa, turns on the TV and, uh, starts eating her snack. Um, until Norman enters, who is the Marty jr. In this and Norman McFly was originally going to be played by Crispin Glover. Yes. Right. Um, so Norman McFly enters and he, she asks, Hey door, or he asks, Hey door, is dad home? And he's no, and mom's out getting groceries. Norman says, damn, I got to talk to her, talk to him. Arita. There's that Arita again, which we can't figure out what it's short for. It's huh. a apostrophe. O R R I T A. And it means. Arita. 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 
Ride him. I'll ride him. Arita. 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 I'm like Doug Francis because Arita when I meet up. <laughs> I have no idea what it's short for. What, is, what does it mean? It, it means quickly or like like soon or like right now. You know, like I huh. got to talk to him right now. I got to talk to him. Arita. I don't oh. know, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> Not sure. Um, and then Doris says he, he won't have Apple time. Bomb. He never does. Um, so kind of a double meaning there, I assume. Because time travel. That's gotcha. No, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> um, no. But yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the sixty-seven drop. I will say, I really like seeing the two, uh, the 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 children, the McFly children. I like seeing them interact, um, even if I don't. I'm not overly fond of Doris and Norman as characters in this draft of the script. Sure. I do. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of I never understood any screenwriter that writes characters that they clearly don't like. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and it happens a lot in comedies where it's like, this character's awful. Right. Yeah. Like, um, like, um, um, most what, Adam Sandler. Right. And wedding, wedding crashers. Um, Oh yeah. Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper mm. and wedding crashers. Well, I mean, that's an amazing <laughs> performance, but <laughs> I mean, it is, but he's a terrible character and you yeah. can't write that character and like him. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, I was I, looking up. Uh, I, I figured out the Orita thing. I think. Okay. It's Spanish. Okay. Ariba. It's uh, it's like right. It's saying kind of like right now. Uh, in Spanish, basically, because there my I might. Spanish pronunciation is not going to be good, but well, I know, yeah, I know there's a word in Spanish called like arriba. No, it's it's more, it's like a little because there's like, uh, uh, what do you say, ahora, ahora, yeah, which is now, but mm-hmm. then it, so it's like little now, so it's like little now, quickly, so it's like ahorita. So it's kind of a, so it's kind of a, uh, it's it's sort of speaking upon. The, the hold that Latin culture would have on America by 2015, I guess. Yeah, yeah, globalization and yeah, globalization. Okay, the, uh, okay, so it's it's short for Arida. I guess idea. so. The the a a h o r i t a. Yeah. It's like it's like it's so they take off. He takes off the a h and adds an apostrophe there. Yeah, like even. Yeah, I think it's more kind of it's like an Americanization of the Spanish pronunciation. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's my that's my guess. That's my take on it. Just it's uh, it's it, it it's either a globalization or uh, Speeding Gonzalez is like a really popular character in Back to the Future right. 2015. <laughs> well, he's not on one of the channels that they have on the TV, so who knows. <laughs> Maybe they, yeah. they cost extra. Well, this is Universal, and that's Warner Brothers. Oh so. yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's the only reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I got for this minute. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. Cool. So if you want to uh, visit us online, you can go to duelinggenre.com. Contact us at contact at backtothefutureminute.com. 
tweet us at BTTF Minute, tumble at us at bttfminute.tumblr.com. And as always, check us out on Facebook, leave us a review on iTunes, check out our Doctor Who podcast, The Doctor's Companion, um, our original audio comedy series, drama series, Geek by Night. We're <clears throat> incredibly proud of that. We can't wait for it to come back in July. And as always, you can go to duelinggenre.com slash support and uh, hit on the donate button and help us accomplish some of our goals, including the weekend edition of our podcast. And as always, you can listen to the other members of the Star Wars of the Minute family, including <laughs> Star Wars Minute, Indie Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute, and most recently, Alien Minute, like the friggin' Transformers franchise that just keeps spinning off into more successful spinoffs. And uh, we will, you'll get a taste of all of those guys uh, later on in the show because we've we just scheduled a Minute Family All Star Week. Yep, you'll um, be getting a taste so. of all those guys. Yeah, so <laughs> each one of those shows, the host from each one of those shows is going to be on this show during one week, and as well as uh, the Goodfellas Minute guys. So, all um, right. So that'll mm-hmm. be the full five day week, one with with a new Minute podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Excited. Uh, so uh, look forward to that later on in the schedule. Much later on in the schedule. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.